Welcome to Breaking the Cycle of Poverty, featuring Jay Height, an executive director of Shepherd Community Center in Indianapolis. For the past 37 years, Shepherd has served its neighbors on the Near East Side of Indianapolis by providing a range of services and support designed to end generational poverty. My name is Tim Swearens, and I'm your host for these conversations that explore why poverty remains such a persistent problem in the United States. This episode continues our discussion about the 10 assets that Shepherd has identified as essential for our neighbors to thrive. Today, we'll focus on the importance of relationships, as well as why it's essential for people uh, to be able to control their emotions. Jay, you've talked often about uh, strong personal relationships being critical. How does that play out in terms of person breaking free from poverty and reaching a certain level of self-sufficiency? Well, if you're a nerd like I am and watch those nature shows, uh, the lions that are chasing the zebras, which one do they go after? The one that they've got away from the herd. When they stay in the herd, there's, there's a protection. Yes. Uh, and you've seen it like when the muskox all gather around or the buffalo. But when they're off by themselves, they're very vulnerable. And it's no different for us um, as humans. And that's where we become overcome. The, the epidemic is loneliness. Yes. And it's ravaging our community. I was talking to a hospital leader who said it's, it's just ravaging their ER because people are coming in because of violence and all that, rooted in this idea that they're lonely and that no one cares about me and I don't care about anybody else. And so I think for us, relationships are how we were created. Our 2030 vision is to re-neighbor the hood. Yes. How do we rebuild that? If, if you or I were here and I gave you a Lego, we would say there's not much we could build. But if, if several of the listeners of this podcast would show up and, and bring Legos, all of a sudden we'd have dozens and dozens and dozens of Legos that we could build things with. By the way, uh, useless trivia, there are 60 Lego bricks for every person in the world. Uh, they're just turned 90 years old. If you took the oldest Lego brick to one built today, they would connect because that's how they were made. They were made to connect on the top and the bottom. Different shapes, different sizes, different colors, just like us. We're made to connect. And we can begin to recognize our value when we're connecting. It's when we're not connecting that we see that uh, the, the, the pain and the hurt that just takes us away. Uh, there's no one there to help you. I, I think one of the images I think of, oh, I don't know, it's two Olympics ago, the, the um, guy's running the race and all of a sudden he, he tears his Achilles. Yes. And, and all of a sudden you see out of the crowd, his dad runs down on the, mm-hmm. uh, on the track with him, puts his arm around his son. And of course he was disqualified, but his son was going to finish the race, but he could only finish it with the help of his father. And I think that's what we're called to do. Yes. Now, not all relationships are created equal, of course. How do you help people find healthy, nurturing relationships and leave behind relationships that encourage damaging behavior and damaging emotions? Yeah, you're right. Not all relationships are good. And sometimes there are those who prey on our neighbors, sometimes those who create a codependency and abuse our neighbors. Uh, We know this, that if you have six meaningful relationships, you will do better. But there's also a, a very uh, challenging statistic that, you know, if, if kids need six meaningful adults in their lives, an adult who only stays in short time actually creates more harm because it, it, it reinforces that message. There must be something wrong with you because everyone 
that's close to you or says they love you abandons you. And so it's, you really have to commit to like 14, 16 months. We, we try to get folks to invest in the lives of our students mm -hmm. and to be mentors, but we don't want them to do that and say, ah, it's just too hard or my work schedule changed. You, this is a lifetime commitment. My wife and I have, have been able to invest in the life of a kid for 10 years. He just turned 18. It's crazy. I can't believe it. Um, and in those decade of investment, we're beginning to just see some glimmers. Yes. And I'm like, yes, I, you know, uh, he's been through some horrible situations and a lot of loss in his life, uh, but he knows that we're consistent and uh, that's not special about us. There were people who did that and modeled that for me and coaches and youth pastors and volunteers who took an obnoxious teenager and child and, uh, and, and was able to take time out of their life to, to invest in me. And I think it's our way of giving back. Yeah. If we think about, think about it, our relationship with God, you know, God's in for the long haul, right? And patient, uh, nurturing, um, you know, not, not quick to anger, uh, and not quick to discouragement. I think we can learn something from that. Yeah. And as you say that with Legos, God made us to connect to him and to others just like a Lego. Yes. And so we need to be connecting. Uh, you know, I'm a grandpa now and, and blessed with nine great grandkids. Jane and I are very blessed. Um, we like grandkids and teach them bad habits so they can get back at their parents. Uh, <laughs> the idea of a Lego left out, you know, you step on it. It's like, yeah, bless you, child. But a Lego by itself is useless. It's when it's brought together and the value comes in the connection. And yes. that's how our lives are. Yes. So it, it takes a minimum of two people to have a relationship, of, of course, uh, and that means we have opportunities to, to make new connections and build new, new friendships. How can our listeners get involved with Shepherd in helping to build healthy relationships? You know, one of the things that we're working on right now with the Christian Association of Youth Mentoring is to find folks who can work with our students who want to get jobs and become a uh, an employment coach, mentor, yes. to invest in the kids, meet with them, encourage them, help them uh, figure things out. Uh, but we're wanting our high schoolers to to get working, doing internships, starting their own business mm -hmm. in high school, and, and then having folks who come alongside. The other could be folks who want to come to our elementary kids and read to them an after-school program. An hour a week is mentoring. Now, how much time do we waste on social media? How much time are we surfing to find just one more news story after we've read. And I know reading news stories is very dear to your it's, life, Tim. Uh, it, it is, but I, I absolutely agree with where you're going here. We, we waste a lot of time. I mean, I look at, and somebody will say, I just don't know how people had time to do all that. And I said, well, probably they didn't watch as much TV or Netflix or whatever. Yes. Uh, we want to do the things that matter for eternity, and investing in someone else's life is, is a way to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Let, let's let's shift the conversation now to talk about another essential asset, which is actually very much related to to relationships, and that's the ability to control our emotions. Uh, learning to control emotions is a is a part of our development and maturing process. Uh, my two year old granddaughter and her thirty year old father aren't going to react to the same in the same way to a frustrating situation. Um, but but the mature, mature, maturation process can get interrupted often by trauma. How, how can a person learn to better self-regulate emotional responses as a teen and as an adult? 
Yeah, you know, one of the things we have Project Jordan that works with birth moms and the babies, and it's maybe it's a mom who says, I, I have some time that I can invest in a young mom to yeah. say, it's okay, you're going to get through this. You know, sometimes right. it's helping uh, uh, right when the forest is right in front of you, you don't see anything but that, that tree right there to say, okay, this, this too will pass. Or even having someone that you can call and just say, hey, talk me off the ledge, man. I'm, I'm so frustrated and so angry. Uh, and, and I think a way for all of us is to model it. Yes. Uh, you know, you get on the road today and you see people driving crazy. And, and uh, sometimes I, I'm afraid that Christ followers are part of that problem. And um, let's model it in how we treat people at the grocery store, right. how we treat that clerk. Uh, you know, when we go to the bank, uh, when we go through the fast food line and they give us the wrong food, there's a, there's a proper way to do that. We have to model that so that the younger ones uh, can see it too. And, um, and so I think it starts individually with us, but then finding those opportunities. You know, be coaching a little league team, yes. coaching a softball team, doing those types of things where parents can get too angry and we just have to be a calming influence. Yeah, being a parent who models calming influences at those yeah. games or being a airline passenger when your flight gets canceled. All sorts of opportunities to model mature behavior. Uh, so how can mentor, mentors and, and others help friends and family uh, who struggle to, to control their emotions? Well, I think part of it is we all need an outlet. And so sometimes say, you know, it's safe. Say whatever you need to say to me. Yeah. Create those intimate relationships where you can uh, let folks unload on you and and let them uh, release it. You know, I can remember as a kid, mom would can and that thing would be out there and and then it would periodically let off the steam. And yes. she had a pressure cooker uh, and it would and let off the steam there too. And, and so whether it was canning or making dinner, um, it had to release it or it would explode. And I think we're the same way. So creating those opportunities where folks feel safe. Let's talk about that some more because I, I know from, from, from many of us, you know, our temptation is I want to avoid those people who we know can have, can, can be quick to anger, uh, to say things that might hurt us. Uh, what you're talking about is a mindset of I'm going to intentionally engage with those people. Yeah, um, I think Jesus did that. Yes. He went and talked to the Pharisees and those who wanted to, to rant and rave against people. He would confront that. The only time he got angry is when folks were the religious leaders who were uh, fighting against the people. Um, I think that um, it's not easy. None of us likes to be yelled at, right? Yeah. Um, none of us uh, really have, have we done a very good job of listening, but being active listeners and giving people permission, man, uh, you know, after a couple times, you're like, just get over it. And the reality is, we don't know the trauma. We don't know all of those things. But maybe we can be part of that healing and them being able to release it. And so it becomes therapeutic. And and I hope then that we can not represent Jesus, but we could represent Jesus in those opportunities. Yeah. What a great challenge uh, for those of us who've been blessed and perhaps, you know, privileged to avoid some of the traumas that other people have had to say, I'm going to be like Jesus and I'm going to go engage uh, with people who others try to avoid. That's, that's, a, that's a wonderful challenge. Yes. 
Jay, would you pray for us uh, about these essential assets and our response to them? Yes, Father God, help us to go and be active listeners. Help us to connect to people. Let our neighbors know they matter, and whether it's a neighbor at the grocery, at the store, whether it's neighbor in where we live or at where we work or go to school, uh, may we be active connectors. And then as we connect, will we listen and allow folks to know that they matter by giving them time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.